what is the secret of Purim? Or one of the secrets, uh, some of the secrets of Purim, something I want to, <coughs> we'll try to develop an idea for the time we have. There's an interesting saying, you know, one of the mitzvot for Purim is to drink wine. Right? We drink wine. Ad de loyeda. Until we don't know. Ah, exactly. Exactly. We're supposed to drink until we cannot tell the difference between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. Okay, and I want to talk about the secret of that. And in fact, one of the things that we say is that When the wine goes in, what goes out? The secret. And in fact, in Gematria, the word sod, right, 60 and 6 and 4, 70, is the same Gematria as yain. Wine. They're actually the same numerical value in Hebrew. So what is the secret or the secrets of Purim? I don't think we're going to get into very many with the time we have, but we'll talk about it a little bit. <clears throat> First of all, <coughs> let's talk about the name of the book, the scroll that we read on Purim. What is that? Megillat Esther. What does the word Esther mean? Ah, excellent. Esther means hidden. Hester. Hester. Hester is hidden. And in fact, of all the books of the Tanakh, of the Bible, there's only one book where the name of Hashem, the name of God, does not appear. Which is that? Vigilat Esther. Right? Everything that happens, the whole story of Purim, with Esther and Mordechai and Haman, and all of the activities that take place, Hashem, where is He? He's not mentioned explicitly. He's behind the scenes. What is He doing? He's actually... He's pulling the strings. He's dressing up. Like one of the other customs that we've picked up through the generations is to put on a mask on Purim. And in fact, that's what Megillat Esther is is the hiding behind the mask. Hashem, as it were, is hiding behind these supposedly random events of history. Right? And you have to see the hand of Hashem acting, you don't see it explicitly. <coughs> what we see is that the action of Hashem is hidden behind these different characters of the Megillat Esther. Esther Hidden. Now, but if we look at the scroll of Esther, we said Megillat Esther. The first word is what? Megillah. What does the word Megillah mean? It means scroll, but it's actually the root is the same root as what? Legalot. Gilui, to reveal. In other words, what is Megillat Esther? It's revealing that which is hidden. Okay? Megillat Esther. A Megillah, like a rolled up scroll is revealing what is hidden. Okay? I want to go a little bit deeper. What is it that's being revealed and what is it that's being hidden? And why is it, in fact, necessary for there to be things that are hidden? Right? Why is this even important? In fact, in our own lives, there are different levels of what we call gilui vehestel. Re- revealing, like feeling the 
divine providence, let's say, or like feeling the light, you know, everything's going good for me today. Like I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what this world wants from me. That's like what we call gilui panim, right? That gilui panim, that like Hashem is shining His countenance upon us. He's looking at us. So I see His face. I see your face. That's called gilui panim. But there's also a time when it feels like he's looking away. I feel that there's trouble. I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what the right path is. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. What's that called? That's called Hestepanim. Hestepanim, like looking aside, looking away. The hidden, hiding of his face, right? So we say in the time of like redemption, that's Gilui Panim. And the time of exile is Hestepanim. Why do we need these two things? It's just like a man and a woman, right? A man and a woman, what are they, if they're together all the time, right? All the time together, you know, things can become old. But we find is that a lot of times love requires, first of all, there to be distance, right? Distance creates longing. Longing creates a stronger draw of one to the other. You understand what I'm saying? And the same thing with when we're talking about Gilui Panim, Veheste Panim. In our world, we don't see Hashem. We don't see Him. But the Rambam says that we should be going through this world drunk with love. Like crazy. That's the word he uses. Like a person is crazy in love with a woman. Yeah. Okay. The same exact idea. Sometimes distance creates longing. And longing creates a new type of relationship. The coming together is different from the being together. You understand what I'm saying? The fact that we can come together, and that's what actually what the word Mo'adei Hashem is, which we translate into English as the holidays. What it actually is is Mo'ed. What is a Mo'ed? Well, it's translated as time, but if I, in fact the root of it is Mi'itva'adut, to come together. Va'ad, like right to, right, to come together. That's right, that to meet. It's a meeting time, a time of meeting. In other words, at the holidays is the time when we're meeting something. Again, the movement of being apart and revealing the secret, like the fact that there's a secret, the fact that there's something hidden, creates a longing. And that longing allows for you to uncover what's hidden. Megilat Esther, the revealing of what is hidden. And in fact... The entire act of creation. What is the act of creation? What did God do when He created the world? He put on a mask and hid Himself. Why? Because, think about it. If we were all the time, all the time, to be close to God, as it were, right? Or I'll give you an example that's brought in uh, Hasidut. 
it's like the sun. Okay, the sun is very bright. Now, what is a candle next to the sun? A candle has no meaning next to the sun because the sun is so bright, the candle is basically swallowed up by the sun, right? When does a candle have meaning? When it's put into a dark room. You understand? When there's something that's blocking the rays of the sun, you have the candle inside of the dark room, then all of a sudden the candle has meaning. And that's what we are. Our individual lives. In other, are we separate from Hashem or not separate from Hashem? In reality, are we separate or not separate? In truth, are we separate from Hashem or not separate? We're not really separate, right? But we experience our lives as separate from Hashem, right? Now, in order for us to experience ourselves as separate, you understand what I'm saying? It's a late hour for such a talk. But in order for us to experience our lives as separate, we have to be going into a dark room. Because if we were outside of the dark room, if we were next to the sun, we, our existence would have no meaning. We would just be swallowed up in all of existence. You understand? <coughs> so now, what's that? So now what is the act of creation? The act of creation, Bria, as it's called, is the allowing... Hashem allowing for there to be existence that experiences itself as separate from Him. You guys following me? Well, let me put it this way. We say in Chazal that Hashem created the world in with ten acts of speech the world was created. What is really each of these acts of speech? Each of these acts of speech is a mask that's put on between Hashem and the world. It's Hashem dressing up, as it were, and making there be a sensation, a feeling, an experience of something separate. Okay? You with me? Yes. You with me? Okay. Now, in fact, if we look at the six days of creation, what happened? What did Hashem create in the six days of creation? Yeshmi'ayin. Right? Um, the Kabbalists would actually say He created Ayin B'toch Hayesh. In other words, all of existence was Hashem. Right? B'terem kol Yitzir Nivra, as we say in Adur Olam, that before there was any creation, Hashem was the king. He was the totality of everything. Right? But a space was made within that totality that of nothingness. Right? But I want to go back. What were those things that were created in the six days? What was created were the rules of nature. Right? The sun, the moon, the stars, the, the, the laws of physics, gravitation, all these laws of nature. Correct? And then what happened? On the seventh day? On the seventh day? Rest. What happened? Rest. Oh, what, he rested. Right? In other words, six days he created, 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 created laws and laws and laws, put, put this law into place, this law into place, this law into place, this law into place. And on the seventh day was Shabbat. 
he rested. On the seventh day, what happened? Instead of creating, he put the world on automatic pilot. Ding. The laws of nature continued to rule. Now, in fact, we are in the seventh day. Our world is the seventh day. Why? How do I know that? Because at the end of the first day, we'll say, And there was night, evening, and day, the first day one. And then the second day, there was evening and day, day, the second day. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. Right? And on the seventh day, what do we say? Do we, did we ever say at the end of the seventh day, and there was evening and there was day, the seventh day? In other words, if you read in the... the uh, you understand, and we read in Breshit, in Genesis, read the verses. Day one had, a begin, had an end. Day two had an end. Day three had an end. Day four had an end. Day five had an end. Day six had an end. Day seven has not yet ended. In other words, we are right now on the seventh day, where the laws of nature are acting. What are the laws of nature? It's Hashem hiding in the world. Nature in Hebrew is teva. Right? What is teva? Like tavua. Hashem is hidden, sunken inside of this reality. Okay? In essence, Hashem is in His Shabbat. What did He do? He put the world on a Shabbos timer. Like the lights go on and off at a set time. The sun goes up and down at a set time. Well, it's uh, every day. That's what we say. A day in his eyes is as a thousand years. Right? That's what we say. <coughs> What's that? Okay. The question is, where are we exactly in, in this timeline? But, so, if the ten acts of speech, Hashem hid himself behind the world. Right? Now, there's times where he broke out and, and violated his Shabbat. When is that? When there's a breaking in the laws of nature. When are you allowed to violate Shabbat? When are you allowed to violate Shabbat? To violate Shabbat? Shabbat? There's times. Right? When someone's life is in danger. And in fact, we see, for example, when the people of Israel, their lives are in danger, they're standing at the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is behind them, and they're about to be destroyed. That's a time of pikuach nefesh. And it suddenly what do you have? A miracle. What's a miracle? A miracle is the breaking of these laws of nature. Right? A revelation of the hidden, what's hidden behind these laws of nature. Now, we're the ones that are working in the seventh day. We're like the goy of Shabbat for Hashem. Hashem is resting, right? Put on the Shabbos timer. And we are doing all the work. La'asot. Shabbat la'asot. Hashem created it in order that we should complete it. It's our job to work to complete these, uh, these uh, times. Uh, to complete this, this work so that one day we'll be able to say there was evening and there was day. Day seven is over. And then we'll go into day number eight. That's a whole different story. So what we see is that Hashem hid himself behind his world, behind the laws of nature. Why? In order for us 
to be able to feel distance and to long to come close. Megilat Esther, to reveal that it's what's hidden. It has to be hidden first. And that's the place of our work. That's the place of emunah. That's the place of belief, faith, that even if I don't fully, I feel darkness in this world, I feel challenges in this world, I know that there's a guiding hand that's bringing me these challenges to make me stronger, to protect me, to bring me to a higher plane. Okay? And that is Hashem hiding behind these ten acts of speech, which, by the way, when we have the ten plagues, right, or the ten dibrot, the ten commandments, what is that? It's Hashem taking a drill and speaking, drilling ten holes in this nature and revealing Himself inside of this nature. <laughs> so, um, uh, what I want to say is that on Purim, okay, on Purim we have the mitzvah of drinking wine to reveal the secret. And how much are we supposed to drink until Ad? Ad Deloyada. What is Ad Deloyada? Until we don't know the difference between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. Now, what we have to understand is that at this time of hesterpanim, at this time of hiddenness, when Hashem's actions are not clear in this world, right? we have a problem. We see that there's evil. We see that there's challenges. We see that there's even righteous people who suffer, like Rabbi Akiva, who was a righteous man. And how did he die? He was skinned, alive. And the Gemara talks, about this, that Moshe Rabbeinu was sitting there and he said, this, this is your reward? How could, but called Tzadik Veralo, a righteous man and, and evil has befallen him. How can, you, how can you allow this to happen? This is the ultimate hiding of Hashem hiding behind his world, right? How can you allow for this to happen? Moshe says, and what does Hashem answer in the Gemara? He says, Shtok kachala, nachon, lifanai, kachala, this is how I, uh, this, there's, there is a, something hidden here. To understand it, you have to be quiet. Now what is this thing that we're going to try to understand? What we're trying to understand is that we live in a world of multiplicity. We live in a world of good and evil, of right and left, of up and down, of black and white, all the colors, of me and you and them. Multiplicity. Right? This world is full of multiplicity. Right? And that's why we have also good, we have evil. And we see that the Torah itself begins with which, which letter? Bet. Bereshit. Bet. Bet is the number two. In other words, this world, the revealing of this world, is a world of multiplicity. Two is the beginning of multiplicity. Correct? The revealed world is multiplicity. And if we were just to look at nature, if we were just to look at this world, what would we see? We would see multiplicity. We see good and evil. We see things that we don't understand. But the reality, the truth is, is and this is the secret of Emunah, is that the Torah doesn't begin with Bet. It actually begins with Aleph. One. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Right? Before the Bet that begins the Torah, there's a hidden Aleph. In other words, there's a hidden unity 
that becomes before the world, that, we, that willed this world into creation, and willed and hid behind the multiplicity in this world, that is the hidden Aleph. And in that place, in that place, all is one. Good and evil, right and left, up and down, me and you, us and him. It's all one. The source of all is one. Now we can never reveal that. It's hidden. But there's one time in the year we get a taste of that. What is that time? That's poem. Poem reveals we drink, we drink the wine, we drink the wine in order to reveal the secret. We drink the wine so that we become dizzy and there's no up and down, there's no left and right. We're all, everything's equal, everything is one, right? And we don't know the difference between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Aman. Why not? Because above our intellect, which perceives division and multiplicity, we actually know that all is really what? One. And Hashem, just like He dressed up in Purim, right? In the characters of the story of Purim, He dressed up not only as Mordechai, He dressed up also as Haman. Because all, in the end, really is one. Okay, so that's just a little taste of the Megillat. Megillat Esther, the revealing of the hidden, of the secrets that come out, Shinizke, uh, that we, you know, in our lives, even more, very important to remember, this hiddenness in the world where we don't feel that everything is one. We don't feel everything is one. We shouldn't feel that everything is one except for just certain moments, certain distinct moments. Mo'adeh Hashem, where we, we, we can come, confront this reality of the hidden olive before the bed. We live in a world of multiplicity. We live in a world of good and evil. We live in a world of right and wrong. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. And this, this is the place of avodah. That's the place where we're building the tools and we're building ourselves. Um, and emunah, the faith we have, the belief we have, guides us in this multiplicity for us to always look for and have the longing to look for that which we lost, the source of our lives that is really hidden behind you and me and everything around us. Say that.